0: Hey, good morning. How you doing? Hey, before we get into the Word this morning, I do want to say a couple of announcements, but I want to say a couple of thank yous first. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to you, and here's why I'm thanking you for, obviously thanking you for a lot of reasons, but the fact that you're in church today, you, look, you, go ahead. You can give yourself a little shout of praise. Go ahead. Um, this, you may go, what is he talking about? Listen, in, in a culture like we live in today, and when you have a week that's filled with snow and ice and then you have a Sunday where it's pouring down rain, it's real easy for you to wake up and go, ah, I'll just watch online, right? And so I just wanna let you know it's encouraging to have you. It's a lot more fun to preach to people than it is to preach to empty seats. And I just wanna say thank you. I wanna say thank you for um, getting up and being hungry for the word and being hungry for the presence of God and being hungry to be in here and worshiping with other believers. And I don't know if anybody's told you that, but thank you. Thank you for coming to church um yeah you can give yourself a little bit come on you can be excited about it be excited about it I don't know if I should be proud of myself coming to church you should you really should I um, also want to say a, a, even, maybe even a bigger thank you to our Dream Team uh, for a couple reasons. One, we had Dream Team members who were here yesterday setting up church because of the ice. We couldn't safely come in Friday night and set up. We had Dream Teams that were here early setting up, serving, and then hopefully a lot of you got to experience our Dream Team. You were getting out of your car, and people were running with umbrellas, right? So come on, let's just give God praise for a second, and let's thank you to all of our Dream Teamers. And everybody who's serving, a lot of them are gonna be listening to this message tomorrow or next weekend. All those all those that are serving in V Kids who took your stunning those kids for a moment while you could come in here and experience the Word of God, I'm joking, we love your children. But uh, I just say thank you so much to everybody who makes victory such a special place in serving every week. If you are visiting with us, uh, if you still want to be here, there's a couple of things that I need to instruct you to do. Uh, First would be connecting with us. And so we love that you're here. We love that you're checking out the church and we'd love to connect with you. And you can do that in a couple of ways. One is when you came in, you were given a connection card. Uh, You can fill that out and, and wait till after service. I'll give you a little bit of instruction. Or you can do what we call text to connect. That information's coming up on the screen. You text victory18 to the number 31996. And that's going to send you a digital connection card, and you can fill that out as well, and you can do that online. But if you're with us today in this place, after service, you can take that paper card or the proof that's on your phone to our Welcome Center area, and we'd love to give you a gift and just say, hey, thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us. And just a great way for us to reach out, I'll be able to contact you this week and just answer any questions you might have as we get ready for a very exciting year here at Victory Church. Um, also, in terms of giving, if you're looking for a way to give, every month so many people give faithfully to Victory Church, and it's why we are able to do so much. If you're new to our church, you may not know that we are very involved in our community. Uh, we're very generous with what God's blessed us with in helping other people, and it's because of the people sitting around you who are faithful, faithful to give every month. If you're wanting and looking for a way to give, you can do that three ways. You can also do that through our online portal, uh, our website, our app. You can text to give similar to text to connect or when you leave out today, um, there'll be an auditorium host with a bucket if you want to give cash or check. I always try to take a moment and just share a little bit about what we're doing with uh, the finances that God's blessing us with, with. We were able to do so much in the holidays. We're coming into our new year, and we'll be announcing a lot of what we're going to do in a couple of weeks. But I want you to know that this week, I have a meeting. I'm really good friends with the director of the Second Harvest Food Bank here in Smyrna. There's a location here in Smyrna. And I reached out to him, and I said, hey, man, we uh, we have a building, right? Come on, let's give God praise. Uh, in case you're visiting with us, uh, we, we, we signed the contract on a building at the end of last year. On our birthday coming up, I'll give more information to it. It's really exciting. But I'd always been talking to the director of the food bank going, hey, when we get a building, I want us to be able to have some way to give out food to those who are in need. And so we're going to be meeting this week to talk about what that looks like and what we're able to do with the space we have and the building that we have. And the only reason I could have that meeting with such uh, courage and confidence is because of your faithfulness to give and so i just want you to continue to know that because you are giving faithfully we are turning around and our hands are like this whatever god wants to do with it he can do with it so it's awesome i thank you for that a couple of quick just calendar announcements and i promise we'll jump into this word Uh, first is january 23rd that's a sunday not next sunday but the next sunday that's our birthday sunday so come on give god praise for a second I never can't quite remember. Are we turning four or five? We're turning four? Okay, you know how it is with kids. You never quite know how old they are. And so we're turning four uh, this January 23rd, and we're gonna celebrate it on that day. We'll have some treats for you, good time together. I'm gonna cast a lot of vision as to what we're doing the rest of 2022, and I will be teaching on one of the promises of God all in that one day, so please make it uh, an effort to be here that day. Uh, Last but not least, when you came in, you may have received one of these cards. If you didn't, we've got more now in the back. As you're leaving, you can get one. I just want to explain it real quick. There's two sides to it. This card is what we're giving out during the month of January to try to uh, be able to answer your questions and put material in your hand. The first side of it, we started a fast as a church last Sunday, in case you weren't here or you did not know. So we're about, what, seven days into our fast. Uh, You can jump in it now. God's not mad at anybody if you don't do it a full 21 days. He just wants you to experience the blessings of it. And so you could jump in it today. And so there's a little QR code that you can scan, find out more information about fasting and start that fast in prayer. There's another QR code you can scan if you're looking uh, as a new year, you want to start honoring God with your finances. We did a whole series on that uh, towards the end of the year. And there's also another QR code you can scan if you're interested in small groups. And so you can scan those. We'll have an opportunity to reach out to you and connect, answering your questions, and then on the bottom there, it just reminds you that the end of this month is our first growth track of 2022. So if you've been coming or you're new and you're like, man, I really want to get involved and get connected. I want to be a part of what God's doing. You can attend that growth track. It's one Sunday afternoon, about 30, 45 minutes. We'll get you all the information you need and get you connected. On the other side are 21 promises of God. We, are, we started the series last Sunday. I'll talk more about in a moment uh, called the promises of God. And we wanted to give you 21 for every day of your fast. Uh, this, is way, this is way less than the amount of prayer, uh, promises that God has made us in his scripture, but we picked out 21 of them so that you would have a different promise to pray all throughout the fasting time together. So um, please make sure you get this. I'll refer back to this card in a little bit, uh, but we really want you to have this and be able to get connected in any way that you can. He is the God of the promise. We are beginning a series. We began it last week. We're in the middle of it right now called Promises, and the idea is that every year we start off with a word. Our word for this year is promise. And the idea is that throughout this year, we're going we're to be in this for about 12 or 13 weeks leading up, and then we'll kind of pepper it in throughout the year around other special events. Um, but what we're doing is we're looking at Scripture, first of all, just to bring out the fact that God does, in fact, make us promises, that he is the promise maker and he is the promise keeper. And then not only are we identifying those promises that God has made us, but then we're learning how to operate and how to build our life on those promises. And I think a lot of Christians today would say, oh, I did not know that God made me promises, and we may have known that God promised us salvation, and we may have known that God promised us grace and some of these things, but God has promised us something for every situation in life, and there's something powerful when you and I open up the scriptures, identify those promises, and begin to proclaim them. So that's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, and especially today. The founding verse for this series is in 2 Peter chapter 1. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there. You can look it up on your phone if you would like. Uh, either way, it'll be on the screen here in a moment. So 2 Peter's chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, I'm going to read, and then we'll jump into the word for today. It says, To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. And so the grace and the, the faith that we received is through the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Christ. Grace and peace be yours in abundance, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, so grace and, and, and peace are an abundance of availability to you, his divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and his goodness. Listen to me. He called you by his glory and his goodness. Not by your goodness, not by your glory. By his goodness and his glory. Through these, here we go, he has given us his very great and precious promises. Through this, God has given us his promises that are very great and they're very precious. So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I want to talk to you for just a moment this morning from the idea, our part in the promise. Our part in the promises of God. Last week I mentioned that there was a Time Magazine article written about a school teacher by the name of Everick Storms. And Everick was known for doing one of those uh, Bible in a year type Bible studies. He had done it for the past seven or eight years where you kind of study through the entire Bible in 365 days. And he was doing that continuously every year. And one year he said, I'm going to do it. But along with it, I'm going to set aside a notepad and I'm going to take notes and record every promise that God makes in Scripture to humankind and to specific people, every promise that God made. And the Time Magazine article says that after a year and a half of Everett doing this, he stopped at 7,487 promises. Is that not incredible? That the promises that God has made 7,487. And listen, that's where he stopped, which means that there are more than 7,487 promises in Scripture made by God. In, in the Old Testament alone, God promised Abraham that he would be a father of many nations. He promised the Israelites that they'd be delivered from Egypt. He promised Joshua that the promised land would extend to Israel. He promised David that he would establish his throne forever. He promised Jeremiah a future and a hope. And he promised Jabez that he would enlarge his territory. And every promise was fulfilled. Not, not, not one promise failed. So listen, what this proves Is that the question for you and I is not does God make us promises of course he does thousands of them the question is not even does God keep his promises yes he's fulfilled every one of them not one has failed the only real question that you and I can ask is will we build our lives on the promises of God will we do that no matter what situation we face no matter what question we're trying to answer, no matter what what hardship we're facing, will we, no matter if it's our marriage, our kids, our finances, our career life, our dreams, will we build our lives on the promises of God? I'm learning in our culture today, what we are receiving is a lot of opinions and assumptions. For example, a lot of us, and Really, it doesn't matter what situation we face, we tend to kind of reach out to the world for thoughts and advice and process. Facebook is probably the most popular place. You'll see somebody, they'll jump on Facebook and, hey, you know, this is going on, what do you do about this? And listen, by all means, ask people to pray for you on Facebook. I think the Bible says when two or more of us are gathered, so is he. So do that. Ask people to pray. But I want to make sure that what we're not doing is we are not leaning on other people for our situation and just receiving in response opinion and assumption. Because what you and I don't need any more of is opinions and assumptions. We don't need any more of it. What we need is a definitive declaration of the word of God. We need to be able to declare what God has already said I'm all for what you think, I'm all for your assumption, but I can't build my life on that because it's still an opinion and it's still an assumption. What we need to do moving forward, especially those of us who believe, we gotta move forward being ready to declare the promises that God has already made us. And here's the coolest part, is you don't get these promises because you earn them. You don't get these promises because you deserve them. These promises are our promises by grace. It's by grace that you and I get to receive the promises of God. But listen to me. We do have a part to play. When it comes to the promises of God, you and I have a part to play. And starting next week, I'm going to start preaching the specific promises of God that I've lined up for our church But before we get into that, I felt like I needed to talk about this today. I felt like I needed to answer this question for you and for me. What is our part? If we do play a part in these promises of God, well, then what is our part? In order for us to be able to receive these promises of peace, these promises of rest, this promise of grace, this promise of salvation, this promise of hope, in order for me to be able to receive these promises that are mine by grace, not by acts, then what is my part to play to get in? That's what I want to answer for you real quick this morning. First, let's go back to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Let's read it again since it's the foundational verse for this. Through these, he has given us his very great and his very precious promises. Now, listen to me. I think they're right alone. If you have a Bible, you should underline that, that the promises of God are great and precious. That's, that's just incredible. So that through them, you may what? Y'all see that word? What's that word? Participate. If you take the short way of that word, it would be the word part. <laughs> so that you and I can participate in the divine nature. Peter not only says that the promise of God is for me and for you, But he also says that we have a part in it. God wants to fulfill his promises in our lives. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a part to play in their fulfillment. So watch this. The part that you and I get to play, notice I said that. The part that you and I get to play is believing in God's promises, proclaiming them, and then moving on them. It was because of God's promise that Abel brought a better offering. It was because of God's promise that Noah built an ark. It was because of God's promise that uh, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. It was because of God's promise that David fought a giant It was because of God's promise that Isaac hoped or blessed, that Jacob hoped, and that Joseph spoke. Do you get what I'm saying? All throughout scripture, what you see is people believing, proclaiming, and moving all because of God's promise. When it comes to God's promises, we shouldn't just sit around and wait. We need to actively hold on to the promises of God, declaring them by faith, regardless of the situation or the challenge that we're going through. I want you to think about what I'm about to say next, and I want you to try to apply this to your life. When we read God's promises, it initiates our faith. When we begin to proclaim God's promises, it activates our faith. And when we move on God's promises, it demonstrates our faith. So see, when I gave you those 21 promises on that card last week, if you got it last week or if you get it this week, when you read it, when you just look at it, when you just see that God has promised you rest, it initiates your faith. Now you're, okay, wait a minute, what is this? I haven't had rest in a while. You mean to tell me, God, it initiates it. And then when you open up the scripture and you read it and you proclaim, come to me all who are, God, you said, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Then it starts to activate your faith. And now something's stirring inside of you. And then when you give it all to God and you move on it and say, God, I haven't had rest. I need rest. It's demonstration of your faith. So it's not just having it. It's reading it. It's learning it. It's proclaiming it. And then it's moving on it. A couple weeks ago, a good friend of mine, Brett, invited me to go to LA to see the Chiefs play the Chargers. He's a huge Chargers fan. I, I have recently over the past couple of years become a big Patrick Mahomes fan. And so we were hanging out together and he's like, man, there's this game. It's a Thursday night. I said, well, that'd be great. Thursday night's so on. I can go because I got to be back for church. And he's like, well, we can do it. We can take a red eye. And I was like, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity for me. Okay. So I'm like, you mean to tell me I get to go to LA and see Patrick Mahomes play? Yes. Whatever it is, let's do it. And he blessed me so much, and just just incredible, incredible opportunity. And so we head out to L.A. We flew in on a Wednesday night at about midnight, midnight uh, their time, two, more, 2 o'clock in the morning our time. We did what all Christians do. We went straight to In-N-Out Burger, right? That's what you do if you're a godly person. And so we went and got our burgers. You know, nothing like eating a double cheeseburger at 2 in the morning. Kind of get a hallelujah. All right. Yeah, that's why I look the way I do. And so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so we woke up and we did some stuff. We got, to, we got to meet his mom and his grandparents. We hung out for a little bit and we got to the stadium early because we're both just super excited. We don't even know how to act. Um, and the plan was that we would catch a red eye out that night, Thursday night after the game, and we would fly back into Nashville at about four or five o'clock in the morning, something like that. So we were cool with it. I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So we get into it. He, he, he got us incredible seats. If you've seen it on my Facebook, I mean, I'm all up in Patrick Mahomes' nostril, just like, what's up, man? How you doing? Um, and so we, we just enjoyed the game. The James the game's phenomenal, best game of the year. It goes into overtime. And, and here's what I had done. Brent used to live in LA, so he knows the lay of the land. I had never been to LA, you know, just for quick things, in and out. And so anytime something was happening, I looked to him to see if I should be worried. You know what I'm talking about? You ever had somebody who knows they know what they're doing? So as long as they're cool, you're cool. You know what I mean? Like even though you think something might be wrong, if they're good, you're good. And so all throughout the day, I'd be asking questions because I was kind of thrown off by the time change and I knew what time our flight went. And I'm like, but the game will not even start till eight. And he's like, you're in LA, it starts at five. And I was like, oh, it's crazy. And so I would ask him this, I'd be like, so you think we're gonna make our flight? And he's like, oh man, we're good, we're good, we're good. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we're good, good, good. And one time I even asked him, I said, what's plan B? And he said, there is no plan B. And I was like, that's great. You know, I feel excited now. So we're sitting in the game, and the game goes into overtime, and then I don't know if you've ever been to LA or been to LA game. It is crazy crowded. So then we have to be filed out of the game into these lines. We're waiting, and then we have to take like a bus to our car, and then we got to take the car back to the rental car place, and then we got to take a bus from the rental car place to the airport, okay? All right, you with me? So as we're standing in line, I'm going like, hey, man. We, you know, how's it going? He's like, Oh, we're good, we're good. We got like, a, we got like two hours. I'm like, Okay, good, good. And then every the time I'm like, Hey, man, are we? He's like, oh, we're good, man. got about an hour and a half. And I'm like, Huh, This is, you're stressing me here. Like, and he's like, but, but as long as he's good, I'm good. So we get, we, it's, I'm not gonna give you all the details. It was insane. We made seven U turns just trying to return the rental car, all right? It was crazy. So we finally run, Her mom, his mom gave me a banana nut cake, I didn't eat anything, I'm eating the cake as we're running, we get onto the trolley to go from the rental car place to the airport, and we sit down, and, and the lady on the intercom says, I'm just gonna let y'all know, the traffic is really bad, but I'm gonna do my best to get you there, and I thought, your best ain't enough, you gotta get us there, you know what I mean, like we can't miss this flight. So we're going for a minute. I GPSed it right then. We were six minutes from the airport. We were riding in the trolley for 10 minutes. I GPSed it again. We were 17 minutes away from the airport. How, we went back in time. It was incredible. And so now I'm flat out panicking. I'm playing games on my phone, all that. And I looked to Brett and I said, hey, what do you think? And he said, well, I think we might be in trouble. And I was like, no no that's not what I need I need you to be like we got this you know what I mean and so I'm like well what's plan b and he's like I don't know we might sleep in the airport we might get a hotel we'll leave flight and I'm thinking no no, no no this can't happen so I do what I do I just started praying and I closed my eyes I didn't I didn't let anybody know I just kind of like leaned over like I was falling asleep and I'm like God I know you love me your word says so and I just started saying, I was like, here, dead on, is what I prayed. I said, you have split the Red Sea before. <laughs> this is, you're the same God who made water come up, and they walked across dry land, I said, you could move these cars supernaturally to the side, and we would floor it to the, you can do this, God. And as soon as I said that, the woman driving got over in the right lane, and she took off, and I was like, hallelujah, and then she slammed on her brakes. And I was like, for real, like a two-second miracle? Is that what we're doing now? (laughs) And so I'm just, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm like, God, you got to do this. Like, yeah, we we can't miss this flight, Father. Come on, I know. I'm like spitting out verses, all kinds of crazy stuff. And then the woman driving the thing comes on the thing. And she says, who's in a real hurry? And me and Brett both like, we are, we are. She says, oh, here's the deal. She said, I'm not going to get you to the airport on time. She said, but do you see not that red light, but the next red light? We're like, yeah. She was like, well, if you'll run that way, you can run across the street. Now, we are in downtown Los Angeles, people. Like, you can run down the street, get to that second red light, you can run across there, then you'll run around here, you'll end up at gate seven, you're at gate four, then run all the way down to gate four, and you might make your plane. Before she could finish saying it, we were like, deal. We grabbed our bags, she opened the door, we Took off running. I mean, we are balling down the streets of L.A. I, look, I didn't wear a belt because I didn't want to stop at the uh, at the metal detectors. So I got my pants in one hand, I got the banana nut loaf in the other hand, and I'm just running like this. Just we get to gate seven. It's not. He's like, you gotta go to gate four. We come out of gate seven. We run down. There's two gate fours. I go into one gate four. He's like, did you see? There was a chief NFL player right in front of you. He's like, I don't care. And so we keep on running. We get we get all the way to the uh, TSA part, and he's like. We're good. We're good. And I was like, we're not good until we're on the plane. We're not good. So I'm rushing them through TSA. We get out of TSA. We get all the way to our gate. Now watch this. We were boarding group seven, and we were the last group to board. We got to our gate as they were boarding group five. That's how close we were to missing this flight. Two guys were on the bus with us. They chose not to run. They didn't make it to Nashville. They still might not be here. I don't know. So we get on the plane and we'd already picked seats across from each other so we could sleep on the on the side of the plane because we knew we didn't weren't gonna get any sleep, we both had to go back to work. And I, I sit her down, and I, you know, I'm, there's nobody sitting beside. Apparently, funny enough, the seat beside me and the seat beside him were empty. I think it was those two guys. I don't know. And so he goes to sleep, and I'm sitting there got my eyes closed, and I just felt the Spirit of God tell me, I told you I'd get you on the plane, but you had to play your part. And that was interesting for me, because the one thing, I, I know you, this might be hard for you to understand, I don't really like attention. I understand that what I do makes you look at me, but I don't, I don't prefer attention. And you, me running down the streets of LA, holding my pants up with one hand while eating a banana nut loaf with the other, draws attention. Somebody told me, I think I might see my pastor on TikTok. I was like, you might, for the first time ever, you might. But it was so sweet, I mean, just for that moment to realize that God's saying, hey, I told you I'd get here, but you had to run, right? You had to believe it because I could have easily been like, hey, Brad, we're not gonna make it anyway. Like even if we try to run, we're not gonna make it. And we could have sat back down and then we had to sleep in an airport because God made me a promise, but I had a part to play. And listen to me, when our enemy realizes that he cannot derail God's promise to us, then what he will do is he will focus on derailing our faith response to it. Did you hear me, church? When the devil knows that he cannot stop God from being faithful to the promise that he made you, then he will focus all of his energy on getting you to not believe and respond in faith to the promise. He knows that God is going to keep his promise. The last thing he wants is for you and I to claim it. He can't stand that because he knows that God will never go back on his word. He knows that every promise he ever gave you from peace to hope to rest, that God will be faithful. So all he's going to do is spend his energy on you trying to get you to not believe it and try to impact your faith response to it so that you don't receive it. I'll give you some examples. The devil knows that God will bless your finances if you trust him with them. So he spends his energy on us trying to get us not to trust God with our finances. He knows that God made a promise to give you peace in the middle of all this anxiety. So instead of bothering with God's promise of peace, he bothers us trying to get us to focus on our problem instead of the peace. He knows that God's promise that grace is enough and that there will be no condemnation in Christ Jesus, that he will not go back on that promise. So instead of spending his energy on that promise, he spends his energy on us trying to get us to perform and do for salvation versus just lay back in the grace of God. See what I mean? He doesn't waste his energy on the promise because he can't do anything about it. He wastes his energy on our faith response to the promise. If he can get us to not believe it, or if he can get us to not claim it, or if he can get us to not stand on it or move by it, then the promise won't happen. And he knows that God will never go back on it. So his focus is on us. And you and I can stand on God's word because God stands by his word. We can stand on it because God stands by it. Listen to me. God made the promise. Jesus paid for it. I'm going to show you a verse. They actually sing about it. I think that was more of a Holy Spirit coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. I think they're all Jesus, but we won't worry about that sermon right now. But I want to show you a verse that, that it needs to be one of those verses that, I don't know, staple it on your heart, crochet it on a pillow. Do, do whatever it is that you need to do to, to keep this in your focus, okay? Are you ready? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. This is so powerful. For no matter... How many promises God has made? Let's stop right there for a second. It doesn't matter how many promises God has made. It doesn't matter if it's 7,487. It doesn't matter if it's 9,602. It doesn't matter if it's 11,112. It doesn't matter how many promises God has made. It doesn't matter. I'll even say this. I don't think we can ever actually count them. I think, I think Everett might be on to something. I think he might be close, but I don't think he got every one of them. Right, so no matter how many promises God made, watch this—they are yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ. But here's the part you really need to be able to rejoice about, and so through Him, who Jesus, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You heard Bree and Jeff both a minute ago talk about God's promises are yes and Amen. You've probably heard that growing up in church. God's promises are yes and amen. God's promises are yes and amen. But if we're not careful, we walk out thinking that, watch this, God's promises in my yes and my amen. That's not what scripture says. God's promises in the yes of Christ, and then my amen just supports the yes of Christ. Make sense? Through the great work of Jesus Christ, you and I have been equipped and positioned to fulfill our part. Jesus Christ did all of the work. Are you ready? Our part is to believe. Our part is not behavior, it's belief. Well, what do I got to do? I, I knew God's promises were going to. Remember when you used to see stuff online and they or on TV, that's how old I am. I used to have those like uh, infomercials on TV, you know what I'm talking about? and they would be selling something, and it'd be like, it'd be great. It'd be like, you can get you know, 14 low payments of $12.99, and, da, 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 da. and you can get seven of them at the same price if you order now. And, and there would always be those little words at the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? The fine print. Like, in the fine print, it would say, like, if you order one, you got to pay us $400 you know, a month for the rest of your life because you're a sucker. You know what I mean? It was just like always something in the fine print. And when believers start hearing about the promises of God, and start to hear that God promises us rest and peace and all these things, we go, wait a minute, this is too good to be true. There has to be a catch. And then somebody comes along and says, yes, you have a part to play. And you go, aha, gotcha. I knew there was something about this. I knew I was going to have to perform. I knew I was going to have to behave. I knew I was going to have to memorize 100 scriptures a year and have a 98% church attendance. I knew I was going to have to do all of these things to be able to have the promises of God. And I'm telling you that Jesus Christ did all the work. Everything that needed to be done. Christ stamped yes on every promise of God. Imagine one of those old Lucille Ball uh, uh, facility lines coming through. God's promise. God's promise. Jesus stamped yes. God's promise. Jesus stamped yes. God's promise. Jesus stamped yes. Jesus did all the work. We just have to believe. We just have to say amen to Jesus' yes. I right, See, I'm catching it. All right? Y- y'all would be way more excited about this if you were catching it. So I need to break it down for you a little bit. When I was in middle school, I wasn't very threatening. Okay? I know right now you're surprised by that because... I just looked like this incredibly scary person. Sarcastic. Thanks for those random laughs. laughs. now we know the truth here. But I was more of a lover, not a fighter. You know what I mean? Like, like I was one of those guys. You know, I, I got some friends, Jimmy, who were fighters. <laughs> but in middle school, I had this buddy named Danny Jones, Danny Jones had black curly hair, he had glasses, and he was very large. He was a large human being, and we were like in seventh grade, okay? But Danny really had the heart of a teddy bear, but he was just really large, and so people were scared of him, and most of the time, people didn't get to know him. But just through the grace of God, I became friends with Danny. And Danny always gave me the impression of like, hey, Troy, if you ever need it, I got your back. And so I was never really scared. I mean, I, I was not a jerk or anything, but I was never worried about bullies or anything because I knew Danny had my back. And I remember one time at lunch, some of y'all may have heard this story before. One time at lunch, I just got one of those cheap gold chains. You know what I'm talking about? Um, in case you don't know, what I would have looked like in high school would have been a pair of icy white Air Force Ones. Thank you. Uh, some jean shorts white tee, diamond-hooped earrings, big chain with the emblem and the uh, cubic zicornians or whatever they're called on it that I got from the thing that's in the middle of the mall. Like, that's who I was, right? That's who I was. M&M haircut, like I was cool. Um, so I had this little gold don't, don't settle down, baby. So I had this gold chain, had this gold chain, little cheap gold chain, right? And I'm in lunch, and I'm eating some M&M's, peanut M&M's, the yellow bag. I'm eating them. I got, I'm holding the bag close to right here, eating my M&M's in school. Just minding my own business, you know? And this bully, he was a bully, came up to me and started talking smack to me. And I, I just, I know I can't fight. So I was just like, listen to him. And he reached in to grab my M&Ms. And when he did, he grabbed my gold necklace. And when he pulled, he broke my gold necklace. And I was like, I mean, it was probably like out of one of those quarter machines, if we're going to be honest, but I was upset about it. And as soon as I went to say something like, hey, that's how I talked to 7th grade. As soon as I went to say something, I looked up and behind him stood Danny Jones and I thought, you're going to die, dude. And I can't tell you what happened, but he, he almost did die in that lunchroom. We, went, we were in Memphis. It was dangerous. All right. But I remember that at some point, I don't know how I did it, but at some point I transitioned from here, bully, Danny, somehow I had rotated myself and now I was behind Danny, right? And Danny was saying something and I was like, yeah, boy, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all done it. You know what I saying? Jimmy, how many people stood behind you and said, yeah, boy, your mama, you know what I mean? I bet you won't. I bet you... I mean, I was shouting it all. I was shouting it all because I knew he wasn't getting past Danny. You see what I'm saying? Listen to me. Danny was the yes. I was the Amen. See what I mean? There's something when I send Jesus to the promise and say, what Jesus did makes the promise happen. I'm just in the back going, amen. Amen, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You see what I mean? This is where we have to be. If we're not careful, we let this world tell us that we have to behave to open up the promises of God. That is not truth. The only part that you and I play is belief. The only part we play is Faith, the only part we is is to say it, to proclaim it, to stand on it, to move on it, and to watch God move. Amen. But Satan has paralyzed us. And instead of saying amen to what Jesus already did, we sit back in fear and hesitation and we say, God's promises are good for everybody but me because I know what I did and I know who I am and I know what I've said. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't understand. I already paid for that. It's already yours. Just say it. Just proclaim it. Every sinner, I love this part, every sinner who comes to God in Christ with all his needs finds God coming to him in Christ with all of his promises. When a sinful person meets the holy God in Christ, what he hears is yes. Do you love me? Yes. Will you forgive me? Yes. Will you accept me? Yes, yes. Will you help me change? Yes. Will you give me power to serve you? Yes. Will you keep me? Yes. Will you show me your glory? Yes. Everything is a yes in Christ. Christ stamps the yes. All the promises of God, all the blessings of God, all the heavenly places are yes in Christ Jesus. Jesus is God's decisive yes. To all who will believe. The promises of God are yours. If you play your part and all your part is, is to believe. Can I show you? I thought I'd take about 10 verses and just prove this to you. Because sometimes if you're not careful, you think I'm making stuff up. But if I show you it in scripture, then hopefully you leave out of here with confidence to all of the other seven. I'm doing 10. So the other 7,477 promises of God. So let me show you them, just a couple, about three at a time. Watch this. Isaiah 40, 31 is the verse. God's promise is to renew our strength. That song that they sang, I'm going to wait on you, is based off of this verse, right? His promise is to renew our strength. You know what our part in the scripture says? What we have to do? Hope on the Lord. Isn't that wild? Our part for God to renew your strength, your part to play is to hope on the Lord. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. God promises to give us rest. Do you know what our part to play is according to that scripture? Come to me. James 1.5, the promise is to give you wisdom. And the Bible even says he'll give it to you generously, which means you get more wisdom than you actually need. What does God tell me to do? I have to get a a bachelor degree. I have to be able to read 20 books. What do I got to do? God says, ask me. Just, can I get some wisdom? I got you, bro. You know what I mean? Just ask. Ask is what scripture says. First John 1.9, the promise is that God will forgive us of our sins. You know what part we play? Confess. Confess our sins to him. It's the only part we got to play. John 3.16, the promise is that we will not perish, but we'll have eternal life. You know what he says our part is? Believe in him. Jeremiah 33.3 3 says that he will answer us. What do we got to do? What do, you gotta, what do I got to do to have God answer me? Do I have to have 98% church attendance? What do I got to do to have God answer me? Call on him. Wait, do I got to be in church while Bree's giving a prophetic word? And if I say that, no, no, no. You can be in, in the house, in your slippers, watching the Titans win a Super Bowl. That's what can happen. There's a little plug. Stop it. <laughs> Call on him. Call on him. Psalm 37, four. What's the promise? To give you the desires of your heart. Anybody here want the desires of your heart? I would like those. Thank you. What is our part? To delight yourself in him. Matthew 6, 33, what's the promise? To give you everything you need. What's my part in that? Seek first his kingdom. Believe in him. Every Christian is richer than we realize. But not rich in monetary, but something even greater. We're rich in the great and precious promises of God. D.L. Moody once said that uh, there is no promise that God has ever made that's too good to be true. Isn't that incredible? That every promise, church, that I'm trying to show you, both on this card, that we're gonna preach through over the next few weeks, some of them you're gonna look at and you're gonna go, that's too good to be true. But not one promise that God has ever made was too good to be true for him. They're all available to you. Me? Yes, you. To me and to you and to our families and to our kids and to our grandparents and to our parents, to our bosses, to our co-workers. Every promise that God made is available to us. What part do I play, preacher? What do I got to do? You just got to believe. That's all it is. You just got to believe. So most of you don't know this, but I got I to set you up to be able to sell this story for you for a moment. Uh, yesterday afternoon or so, I had a tooth pulled at the dentist. Um, I had a tooth that got abscessed and it, it had to go. And I went to the dentist and very sweet Davis Dentistry in Murfreesboro. She was amazing. Go there. If you need to go to the dentist, she looked at me, she said, she said, do you want to, uh, 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 what's it called root canal or do you want to pull it? I said, what do you suggest? And she said, well, I'm a dentist. And so we always are for you keeping the teeth. And I said, that's great. Nice of you. Um, I said, well, let me tell you the real truth. I said, in about less than 24 hours, I need to preach. So what, what needs to happen so that I can recover quick enough to preach? And she said, we got to yank out the tooth. I said, let's do it. And so that's what happened. Now, I'll tell you, that, I'll tell you this. It's something I've been dealing with for a while, but the, the pain wasn't really there. So I just kept ignoring it. And Thursday morning or so, it started hurting pretty bad. And I I'd, I'd taken some medicine and, and it was fine. So as you may have saw on my Facebook, we went outside and we played in the snow. Thursday night, it hit bad, and I was doing all the home remedies, taking all the medication, and uh, Darla reached out to a really good friend of ours and just said, hey, you know, here's what's going on, because the quickest dentist appointment we could find was Tuesday. That wasn't going to work, and our good friend found us one on Saturday, and so we're going through all the process, and, and I've got Advil, and uh, I've got Origel, and I've got all these remedies that Chris has made me out of his own backyard. <laughs> you know, I've, 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 everything. I'm getting rubbed with anointing oil. Like, oh, everything's crazy. And, and, and I had been dealing with it and going with it, ice pack, warm pack. You know, I washed with with coconut oil and salt water and everything, right? I, I, I washed my mouth out with steak, you know what I mean? Whatever it could take, right? Not really. Friday night hits, and it's the worst it had been. You know, I know this now. It was abscess; so it was infected. And I have taken all the pain medicine, and it's two and a half hours later, and it hasn't even touched it, all right? So I, I'm, I'm out of stuff to do, and I'm in bad pain. And so Darla, she's the best nurse. She's done her best to take care of me. She goes back to take care of the kids. And I'm laying in the bed. And I'm just in, in bad pain. And, and it's one of those pains, y'all know this, where you can't get comfortable. You know what I mean? You're just constantly moving. And I'll be honest with you. I've been doing that for about 48 hours. So I was exhausted. I was physically and emotionally exhausted. And I kind of, <laughs> can I just be transparent with you for a second? Are y'all cool with that? You like me when I get transparent? I'm in the bed and I look up to my ceiling like I'm looking to heaven. I'm like, Really? It's literally I was like, really? Like I got I got all the pain medicine and, and it hasn't even touched it. And then all of a sudden my mind, i remembered these promises. And I was like, I'm I'm about to put this sucker to test. And so I was like, you know what, God? I was like, you're you're the God of promises. And I had already written this message, and I'm like, all I gotta do is believe. I said, you said in your scripture, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I said, God, I'm very weary. I'm past weary. And I need rest. And I'm telling you, the second I said rest, I felt something. I'm laying on the bed and I was kind of like on this shoulder with this hand up talking to him. And I felt something come up my legs and I was like, whoo. And it hit, it hit me so hard I couldn't move. I was like, <laughs> I woke up about three hours later and my hand was still like this. I was like, what happened? God said, I got you. I got you. Because his part is to keep his promise. The second I played my part, which was just to believe, God said, the promise, rest has been sitting here waiting on you. The second you believe it, the second you proclaim it, the second you move on it. I mean, I wish I could tell you, y'all. It it was, I don't even know how to explain it. I felt it come from my toes all the way. And I was like, you remember Avengers? Y'all seen Avengers? Remember when they all, when, when Thanos snapped? Am I spoiling this for you? If you haven't seen it yet, you're way behind, guys. All right. Like, don't say I'm ruining this for you. It'd be like I'm ruining six cents for you. All right, come on, chill out. His their hope. They would they, when Thanos would snap. They turned into like ash, and you would see it. It would like climb up. And they'd be like, and then they melt away. Remember that? That's what I felt like. I felt like it was like just go out. I'm slobber out. You know what I mean? Like just out. And I'm just, I'm just, the reason why I feel like I need to tell you that is because I'm not, I'm not communicating these promises to you as someone who hasn't tried the product. I'm telling you that I believe this. And that rest is just one of the 7,487 promises. And if we get to the place where all we do is believe, because if you believe, you'll speak it. And when you speak it, you start to move on it. And that's when the devil gets really scared because he knows God's faithfulness to the promise. So he's worked really hard to get his sons and daughters to not believe it. And I think this is what God's going after in our lives for 2022, is the disbelief. The promise is yours by grace and you activate it by belief. And I know that every one of us, there's a different promise that we all need. For some of us, you need rest. You're weary. You're so weary. He's the God of rest. For some of you, you need peace. <laughs> I saw somebody put on Facebook that 2022 was 2022, T-O-O. People are so anxious. They're so worried. And I get it. But God's already promised us peace. Some of you need grace, and God's already promised it. Salvation, God's already promised it. It's made available to you. You just have to believe in it. And so next week, we start diving into these promises, one by one. They're all so good, I don't even know where to start yet next week. They're so good. But before we start talking about them, let's be excited about believing in them that card you got, go home and say it, believe it, write stuff down on it, open up your Bible if you want, start looking for them, circle them, start quoting them and believing them, start standing on them. Yeah, but Troy, you don't understand. It's not about you. It's yes in what? Christ brings the yes All you got to do is stand behind his finished work and scream, amen. When I was laying in that bed, the reason why I feel like that was able to happen to me is because of what Christ did. All I had to do was say amen. Amen? Would you stand with me just for a moment? Are you excited about the promises of God? If you didn't get one of those cards, please, on your way out, say, hey, give me one of those cards. They don't don't know what you're talking about. And I may have said this last week, but you may not have been here. Go home, put it on your mirror. Put it somewhere where you can quote it, you can read it, you can look at it. I, I just know that there's a lot of situations that Everybody in this place is dealing with And I think it's pretty cool that God has a promise for every situation I guarantee you that you are not dealing with something that God hasn't already made a promise towards You may just not know about the promise Now the goal is to start believing it proclaiming it and praying it So father we come to you right now And I just pray over everybody in this room You know their situations, Father. You know what they're dealing with. You know every problem. You know every fear. You know every insecurity. You know the dreams that are in people's hearts. You know the desires of our hearts. Father, you even gave us a promise towards the desire of our hearts. Lord, so many of your promises fall into categories. And I just think what we need to hear today as children of God... Every man in here is a son of God. Every woman is a daughter of God. And the promises are ours by grace. And they're a finished work through Jesus Christ. All we have to do is believe it. Father, your promises are yes and they are amen. Jesus is the yes and I'm the amen. Amen. maybe just in your own little way right now, maybe just under your breath or out loud, whatever you feel, I just want to encourage you. You know exactly what area of life you need a promise of God towards. Just start to ask him. Just start to say, again, however you feel comfortable. Father, I I, I need your promise. Some of us need multiple promises. Father, I need your promises. I need to know your promises so that I can proclaim them, so I can believe in them. I believe you are a promise-making God. I believe you're a promise-keeping God. I believe they're mine by grace. I believe they are yes in Jesus Christ. And I just want to be that amen behind Christ. Yes. Help me to know them so that I can believe them. Help me to know them so I can stand on them. So they can come forth in my life and I can be a testimony of your goodness and a testimony of the promise of God. Father, make your word real to us, I pray this morning. I know the promises that are coming And they're going to minister to our hearts. But if we don't learn today that we can believe them and that we can trust them and stand on them, and Father, it'll just be another sermon. But if we can believe them and then learn them, Father, it initiates, activates, and it demonstrates our faith and we start to build our lives on the very promises that you've made. Father, close and worshiping you. We we give you praise and we work those promises. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said,